You're listening to the Voice of Dog. This is Rob McWolf, your fellow traveler, and today's story is the second of two parts of Monsters of the Daylight by Dirt Coyote, who, when he's not causing all sorts of trouble on Twitter, is writing a novel, a series, and short furry fiction. His story featured on The Voice of Dog, I'm Just Your Stud, was nominated for Kyoto's Best Short Story of 2021. Find him at Dirt Coyote on Twitter for future updates. Last time, Adam and Liam had just managed to barely escape the wrath of an angry thunderhoof. They're halfway through their journey home, where Adam can reunite Liam with his family. Read by Takem Ironhoof, the equine charmer. Please enjoy. Monsters of the Daylight by Dirt Coyote, Part 2 of 2. That night, Adam dreamt of the farm again. His dad was telling him a joke like he always did. The older Pine Martin had a sense of humor that was rare in post-apocalypse. He tried to understand what the words meant, and when he didn't get the joke, his father laughed and took him into a hug. But his hug was small, completely unlike the big ones he was used to. His father was tiny, smaller than him, which was weird because he was only ten in this dream. Adam reached his muzzle down to sniff his father's scent. He gasped, pulling himself awake and fluttering the sheets off of him. It took several blinks and a whimpering little howl before he realized that Liam had snuck in bed with him. The wolf looked absolutely pathetic, groaning as he rubbed the sand out of his eyes. Why are we up so soon? He said, but then caught on to Adam's urgency. He flipped his muzzle left and right and said in a hush, Are we being attacked? Adam scoffed out, Only by you. Why the hell are you in my bed? Still mulling, Liam yawned and said, I couldn't find the other bedroom. Lie, but like, duh. The other bedroom? The one right across from mine? Adam said, pointing to the door. Liam nodded sheepishly. When would you even get in here? The wolf's muzzle went up, a finger touching his chin. He scratched it for a second before saying, uh, I, I don't know. When you, you went to sleep really fast. Ah, oh, truth. Adam's whiskers twitched, and he brought his nose to his chest. He didn't need to sniff himself, though he did anyways. Through the light of the rising sun creeping through the window, he could see it. Wolf fur. Everywhere. And his scent was of wolf, too. Frantically, he tried brushing it off, but most of it clung to him anyways. Gosh dang it, he cursed, throwing his arms up. I just got these washed last month. Now I'm going to need to get them cleaned again when we get to town. Liam giggled and dodged a swipe from the Pine Martin. He chased him for a good 15 minutes up and down the house through rooms and kitchen and even around the yard a couple of times. They laughed the entire time. Adam flumped onto the couch, still panting hard. Liam took the spot furthest from him, tongue hanging out as he tried to catch his breath. Then he slurped it back into his muzzle wetly. His eyes went to the Martin and he asked, What's for breakfast? The sly smile crept up on the side of his muzzle and turned to face Liam. I got eggs in the pantry and some smoked ham sealed and kept cool in the basement. The wolf's eyes went wide, wider than he had seen on a canid. His maw hung open, drool watering down the sides of his lips. Really? He asked in a gasp. 
Adam reached to an end table next to the couch, pulling open and grabbing two bags. He chucked over one to Liam. No, dried fruits and nuts. The wolf fumbled for the bag, accidentally reaching with his bad paw and letting out a little howl in pain. Adam cursed himself, scooching across the couch to check up on his injury. Liam reluctantly let him grab his wrist and bring it over to inspect. The Pine Martin muttered, oh, Sorry. That wasn't very nice, he whimpered. Adam furrowed his brow and repeated, I said I was sorry. No, about getting my hopes up for breakfast. Liam clarified like a brat. Adam ignored him, checking the bandages. There was blood on it, but nothing new. It was dry, and the wolf was healing. He let out a sigh in relief, and Liam ate his breakfast of dried fruits and nuts. Adam had plenty to spare. They left the house again, Adam taking forever to find the right key to lock up. With the mountains to their front and the checkpoint to their back, they proceeded through the forest. Liam was given a backpack of his own to help him carry the batteries. He figured that he could let the wolf keep it when he got him to his tribe again. Backpacks weren't in short supply. Thousands of them littered the wasteland, still attached to ill-prepared scavengers. Hey, Adam? Liam asked, trotting up to the Pine Martin side. He didn't like whatever question he had in mind for him, but he humored the wolf. Yeah? With his muzzle to the ground, he asked shyly, Why do you live so far away from the settlement? Uh, he knew he wasn't going to like it. Because I'm a scavenger. All the stuff around the settlements have been picked clean already. You need to go far in order to get the good stuff he said, hoping his answer would suffice him. It didn't. But don't you get lonely? Adam stopped and looked around. There was a boulder that he dropped his backpack next to and leaned on. Not really? He sighed, and when the wolf gave him a quizzical look, he explained, I, I just... Growing up, I was surrounded by my brothers and sisters and family, and I just needed some space to myself. I like some me time. This was the truth, but the cub wanted more. What about a girlfriend? Adam barked a laugh. You know! And Liam jumped with surprise. The Pine Martin waved a paw to settle himself down and said, I, I mean, maybe, but not really. I, I don't know. Never thought of it. Liam shuffled his feet. Boyfriend? Adam shoved the wolf playfully and puckered his lips. Why? You asking me out? Liam laughed and shoved him back. You're a dumb head. Truth. Before they could continue on, the wolf's ears perked up as he saw something just over the boulder. Adam turned, worried for a split second that it was another post-apocalyptic nightmare in the woods. Instead, though, he could see a mansion through the trees. Liam took a step forward, asking, Is that one of your places? Adam shook his head. Nah. That place is boarded up good. Never been able to prospect it. That didn't stop Liam from walking towards it. We should look again. Imagine what we could get. Adam had seen the boy's enthusiasm, and he had a knack of knowing things he didn't. It might add a day to their trip, and he'd much rather get Liam home, but something in the back of his mind told him he could spare the time. He wasn't sure where that thought was coming from. His mom wouldn't have had him do it. But Mom wasn't here right now, and spending time with Liam had been a little fun. As much as he liked his own space, 
the wolf had reminded him how good being with others could be. So he shrugged his shoulders and pointed the way there. The manor was gated, but a fallen oak had torn through a side wall. They crawled over the rubble, each helping one another over the bricks. Adam had Liam stay behind him as they circled the house for an entrance. There was no telling when a squatter or a rival scavenger was around, ready to protect their finds. But, like before, there was no obvious entrance that wasn't sealed, shut, or boarded. All except a chute that led to the basement. It had been wedged open by a pipe from someone else, but too small for Adam to fit. Liam stuck his head inside. Hey, hey, careful! Adam shouted, grabbing the boy by his backpack and pulling him away. Liam tore the backpack off of himself and crouched to the entrance. I think I can fit, he said, looking ready to dive in. No, Adam blurted out. If you get stuck or if you can't get back out, we'll be in deep shit. The wolf shook his head. Just because you're fat ass... Language, Adam reminded him. Just because your fat butt can't fit doesn't mean I can't get in and out. Look, it's even got ridges. He pointed, and Adam could see where it would be easy to crawl down. The Pine Martin didn't like this, but that voice inside his head told him that he was right. A completely unprospected house was worth its weight in gold. There could be TVs, big ones, and even prized silverware. Heck, maybe even stainless steel pots for him to take home. Mm, fine, I guess, he said, still a little unsure of himself. But if you see anything, or if it gets hairy, you call me, and I'll come back and axe my way through the door. Now thinking about it, he could have done that all along, but never really put the effort into it. Liam nodded, got on all fours, and was gone in a second. Adam waited, listening intently to the sounds from inside. After a minute's silence, there came a sharp yip. Liam! Adam cried through the hole, about ready to squeeze his way in. If the boy was hurt, it was his fault. He'd surely be responsible and his mom would never forgive him for being so foolish. He'd never be able to look at himself in the mirror. The wolf's head poked out from the chute. Jesus, Liam, you scared the shit out of me. He crawled out from the opening slowly, muzzle slightly agape. There was a drowsiness to him that Adam couldn't quite grasp when the boy looked up and he had a smile on his face. Adam, you really got to come down there and see what I saw, he said with a voice a little hazy. The Pine Martin's muzzle twisted and eyed the wolf up and down. Was there anyone down there? He shook his head back and forth. No. Lie. It was a strange lie. What did you see down there? Adam asked, fear making him grip around a strap of his backpack. The wolf smiled up at him. It's a treasure trove down there. They've got everything. Lie. Adam looked down at the hole, the hackles on the back of his neck rising. Liam, I don't think I can fit. He gulped out, words hushed. Sure you can. I'll go first. They've even got hundreds of stainless steel pots and pans. The wolf said, turning down to crawl back inside. Lie. Adam never mentioned the pots on his mind. Not once. 
Before the wolf could crawl back inside, Adam grabbed him by the shoulder and tried to pull him back. Liam snarled and snapped his jaw at him. It just barely missed his fingers. He tried to calm him down, holding up a paw while pulling off his backpack. Hey, easy, we can't go in there yet, Adam said, trying to play along with the wolf. Liam's head crooked, and he continued, Remember, you need to wear your special hat first. Then I'll go down with you. You like hats, right? As he pulled open his backpack, the cub stared confused. I don't like hats. Truth. But then he corrected himself. I, I mean, I like hats. Lie. It wasn't Liam's lie. I'll put on the hat and we'll go inside together, the wolf said, nodding up and down. Liam rummaged through his bag, not taking his eye off the cub. He could now see just how fogged over his gaze was. His head seemed to drift about lazily, not looking fully attached to his neck. There was an impatience growing in him, his muzzle pulling back in twitches. Ah, your hat! Adam exclaimed cheerfully, the wolf smiling as well. He pulled out a sheet of aluminum foil, bowling it up so that it could fit on his head. That's a hat? Liam asked, not sure of what he was seeing. A very... Adam stepped forward. Very... He carefully raised the foil over the wolf's head. Special... He braced himself, noting the cub's muzzle pulling back in a snarl, fangs bared. Special hat! He finished by putting it right between Liam's ears. The cub roared and screamed out all at once. Adam wrapped himself around Liam, holding him tightly and keeping him from moving much. The wolf's fangs sunk into his arm and his claws tore at his shirt. Through it all, he never let him go. Liam's jaw came off of the marten's arm and he cried out, I can't breathe! His legs kicked into the air as he continued to struggle. I can't breathe! Adam shushed him, trying to soothe him until the boy went limp in his arms. In a sob, he repeated, I can't breathe! I got you. It's all right. It's going to be all right, he said, turning his head to the opening. There was a rustling from the chute, thousands of nasty little things charging to the entrance. Adam tried to let go of Liam, but the wolf braced him tightly, too afraid to let go. He had to practically drag him towards the opening, the cub fighting him the entire way. Adam saw them, a million spiders crawling up in waves, their appendages clicked and clacked as they raced to the two of them. With all his strength, he lunged his foot forward and bashed at the pipe. It came loose instantly, flinging deep into the basement, and the chute's opening sealed shut with a loud slam. Nothing escaped. He heard them rattle against the metal flap, fruitlessly trying to find an opening. It didn't budge. Even still, he heard their whispers in his mind. That voice that he didn't know in his head, promising him stainless steel pots, ham and eggs, wondrous treasures, and even hugs and kisses from his mom. There were so many of them, Liam said, the two of them sitting on the rubble of the torn down wall. The wolf was rubbing his bloodshot eyes, still sniffling. There were millions, crawling all over me, making me do things I didn't want to. Adam patted him on the shoulder. Weavers. Usually they're just little spider colonies that lure in small animals by getting in their heads. 
I've heard that when they're too big, they're strong enough to trick people too. We're lucky I even heard of this trick, though I wasn't sure if it would work. I always kept a sheet of aluminum in my backpack, just in case. The wolf nodded, his head up and down before saying, I'm sorry, I didn't want to tell you to go in. Adam shook his head firmly, muzzle wrinkled. No, Liam, I'm sorry. I'll let you go in there, and that's my fault, he said, and then after thinking about it for a good second, he pulled the cub into a hug. It'll never happen again, he promised into his nape. The two walked from the property, mountains in front of them, flames behind. Just as Adam expected, their detour had cost them too much time. As well, Liam had gotten him pretty good with his claws and fangs. With the adrenaline gone, his arm burned. Luckily, he had another safe spot between them and the settlement. It was a dinky little room, the rest of the house torn apart in splinters. They just needed a door to lock and a bed to sleep in. Adam sighed, dropping the backpack onto the floor. Liam was still pretty shook up from the experience, quiet most of the trip. The Pine Martin was first to break the silence, pointing to the bed. You can sleep there, and I'll take the floor. Liam nodded, but didn't make a move to the bed. He just stood, backpack clutched tightly to himself. Adam rolled his eyes, walking to a nightstand and pulling out two more bags of dried nuts. As he passed one to the cub, he asked, If I sleep on the floor, I'm still going to find you curled up against me in the morning, aren't I? He shrugged, cracking a half-smile for the first time since the mansion. They patched up the Pine Martin's arm, Liam apologizing the entire time. When it was all done, they slept on the bed together. Adam wrapped around the boy's back. He dreamed of his family, all of them bundled together on a massive bed. Right in the center was Liam. When they left in the morning, the boy was in much higher spirits. He chatted about the things he saw when his family was away, stories about a nightcrawler he had to fight off with a torch. There was a man he gambled with for a scrap of meat. Only some little lies in between. Adam pointed forward. There it is, he said, just as they met a torn asphalt road. Straight from the street was the settlement he had done most of his trading with. It was obvious even from a distance. Tall sheets of metal rose from the ground, reinforced by concrete slabs. Two towers stood at the gate, men atop with rifles like the one on his back. He waved as they approached, and they called for the gate to be opened. A dingo ushered them in, eyeing them suspiciously along with the horizon. Adam was used to this treatment. These folks couldn't possibly understand why anyone would live outside their gates. Something about it was dishonest and untrustworthy. He didn't need to justify his reasons. Adam pulled Liam to the dingo and said, Can you watch over him a second? The canine scoffed, I'm not a babysitter. Adam was quick, pointing at the cub. You're a guard, so why don't you do the one thing you're good at and guard something? He rolled his eyes and shrugged. Get signed in. I won't be here long. Even as he agreed, Adam looked him over, a threat that promised there'd be problems if Liam wasn't there when he got back. He then turned to the wolf and said, I'll be right back. Anyone tries to talk to you, just be your annoying self and they'll go away. Liam looked to protest, but he was already walking away. 
Name? A poorly otter asked as she looked down at the sheet of paper. Adam groaned as he stood in front of the makeshift compliance office. It was really just a canopy and a desk for the otter to sit at. Every single time, Lucy? He asked, pointing a finger at her sheet. You know my name. Name? She repeated, this time tapping her pen on the table. Adam, he said, looking towards the inside of the settlement. Most of the buildings were just shacks strewn together by plywood. Men and women were walking about freely, protected by the tall walls, and Lucy, who made sure only the right people got in. Business? she asked in her melancholy tone. Actually, Adam started, lowering his voice. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Trying to be sly, he nudged his head back to where Liam was standing. That wolf. I picked him up and I'm trying to get him back to his tribe. You seen them around? Probably all blue cloaks. With a thwack, she put down her pen and glared up at him. You know that information is not for you, she said, and then pulled her sheet back like he might sneak a peek. Adam growled. He's a lost cub. I'm just trying to get him back to his family. Seeing the otter's brows furrow, he backed off. I just need someone to point me in the right direction. It didn't move her. That sounds like you put problems on yourself. I can't help you, she said flatly. Groaning, Adam turned his backpack around and showed the thunderhoof antlers on his back. He jiggled them around before saying, If you tell me where they're at, you can have one. How's that for a trade? Her eyes seemed to radiate with the glow of the rack. She looked back and forth, considering her options. Then she said, Giving information like that can really harm my reputation. I think for both, I'd be willing to... You know, I'll just look for myself. He interrupted and saddled the backpack. Lucy thrusted a paw forward. Wait, she said, and then paused. Her paw wrapped against the desk several times before she continued. They're here, a small tribe down in the south part of the settlement, hunters, looking for the hides. Hunters, Adam thought. It was beginning to make sense how this boy could survive on his own. Unlike scavengers like himself, hunters weren't interested in picking at the remains of the former world. They chased down the beast for their hides and radioactive properties. Adam sighed and nodded, and just before he was about to walk back to Liam, she coughed. Her paw went out and she shook it expectantly. The pine marten shook his head, pulling his backpack off and ripping the antlers in half. When he gave it to her, he said, You're cold. He's just a boy. She took it and nodded in agreement. It's a cold world. We do what we can to survive, so hopefully it's worth it. Liam was standing next to the dingo, explaining his whole adventure to the guard. He had his eyes forward, trying to ignore the cub, even as he waved his broken fingers in his face. If they don't heal right, they'll look crooked and that'll be badass, right? Liam asked the guard. Language! Adam repeated to him as he got behind Liam, putting his paw on his shoulders. He gave a nod to the dingo, who remained unfazed up to the moment the wolf spun around. The guard let his shoulders relax and mouth, Thank God! Adam led him away, keeping him by his side. He didn't think he was that bad. 
These past few days had been an adventure, but it was all about to come to an end shortly. The Pine Martin wanted to spend these last moments close by. Where are we going? Liam asked, noticing a row of booths with food, supplies, and gadgets. Even the wolf could see that every teller was eyeing at the remaining half of the Thunderhoof's antlers with envy in their eyes. I got a guy. He's just a little ways ahead, Adam assured him. Liam slowly began to halt. Adam, he started, looking at the road ahead. His eyes faced the mountain towards the most south part of the city. There were words in his muzzle, but the Pine Martin reassured him. It'll be fine, they continued through the city. Only a 15-minute walk did Adam see what he was looking for. Hey! He cried out, just as he watched a group turn a corner behind a building. They didn't stop, so he picked up his pace, letting Liam fall behind. When he rounded the corner, he saw a group of wolves, all in black cloaks. Hey! I think you guys lost something! Adam called again, this time getting their attention. The whole caravan stopped, turning to face the Pine Martin. There was maybe a dozen or so of them. Some manner of beast had been yoked to a cart carrying the hides Lucy had mentioned. The alpha of the group stepped forward, a wolfess with a barrel of a rifle sticking up a foot behind her ears. She spread her paws, muzzle shifting left and right. Are you being funny with me? She asked, a wicked smile in her muzzle, a challenge in her eyes. Her voice was hoarse, like she gargled gravel, though she looked the same age as Adam. He gulped, motioning behind himself, but when he turned around, Liam wasn't there. Adam spun around, noticing the wolf hiding behind the building. With a wave of his paw, he ushered him forward. The boy stayed put. Come on, it's all right, he said, feeling relieved that he had done what he had set out to do. Liam was reluctant, but nodded his head and walked out of cover. His tail was between his legs, and his muzzle faced the ground. He didn't look up. Adam turned back to the Alpha, expecting to see a look of relief on her face. It wasn't there. Her mocking smile sagged until it dripped off her muzzle in a frown. Both her eyes narrowed to slits and the tip of her snout wrinkled. She opened her mouth to lick at a fang before saying, Didn't lose nothing. Most of the caravan shrugged, turning away and starting to walk as a group away from them. Adam's mind was racing, not sure of the mistake he made. He reached back, grabbing Liam and trying to pull him forward. The wolf's feet scraped over the asphalt. He's your tribe! Look at him! Adam pleaded, trying to get a few steps forward as Liam fought to hold his ground. All dozen or so wolves halted in a single movement, heads turning at once. Adam swore he could hear the sound of a couple hammers clicking back. The tribe didn't like when strangers were insolent to the Alpha. He stopped moving forward. Adam looked over all of them, wrought with confusion. Their fur, their muzzles, their cloaks. They all seemed so similar to Liam, especially the Alpha. It was only when he really looked at them he could see their differences. The wolves were bigger, thicker, and looked even harder than Liam already did. He didn't realize it until now what the boy was to them. He was the runt. All their faces turned, eyebrows cocked, staring at the little wolf. Their muzzles twisted, like they were all glancing into a funny mirror. 
like the group was experiencing an uncanny valley, seeing something that was like them, but not them. Only the Alpha looked at him with any sense of familiarity, too akin to deny their relationship. She was his mom. Adam was ready to speak, his maw opening, but she cut him off before a word could get out. If it comes any closer, she started waving a paw for the rest of the wolves to stand down. They relaxed, and she finished. I'll snap its neck myself. The hackles on the back of his neck rose. Blood coursed through his entire body, skin feeling hot underneath his fur. An instinctual need to protect Liam from her overwhelmed his senses. He grabbed the strap of the backpack, the rifle on his mind. Her brow went up, a bloodlust pulling her muzzle back into that same twisted smile he was greeted with. A paw grabbed Liam's arm, tugging him back. He turned his head, looking down at Liam. The wolf pulled him with his injured paw, muzzle still dipped to the ground. He whispered, It'll be fine. And then he looked up firmly and repeated, It's fine. Lie. It wasn't fine. It cracked Adam in half. This war-torn world was hard, but this was unfair. Mothers loved their cubs. They didn't do things like this. His mother wouldn't ever hurt a hair on his head. His family loved him and would always love him, no matter if he was big or small. It was only now that he realized that this was more for himself than it was for the wolf. But Liam was being strong for him. It wasn't fair, but if Adam couldn't be strong back, there'd be no one left to do that for the wolf cub. His head went back, letting the tears roll back into his eyes. Then he looked back to where they came from and patted the boy's shoulder. It's fine. He lied back. There was no exchange shared between Liam and his mother. Their goodbyes were long ago, and probably even less pleasant than this had been. Just before Adam could turn the corner, the Alpha let out a catcall whistle and asked with a chuckle, That a thunderhoof rack? He do that? Or you? What you want for it? Liam looked to turn his gaze back, but Adam stopped him. He kept him moving forward, raising a paw over his shoulder. Hey, Liam, you see that guy? He asked, pointing to a teller. Can you tell me how many pans they have for sale? Just focus on counting and don't look back. The wolf stepped forward, side-eyeing him all the way. As soon as Liam was a couple of steps ahead of him, he rounded back to the Alpha and shook his head. Ain't for sale. And then unbuckled his belt. The Pine Martin swung around and bent over, dropping the back of his pants until it was practically down to the ground. He wagged his hips, letting his tail hang up high above his ass to ensure maximum visibility. But you can have all this for free! He called out, making sure they saw before he pulled his pants back up. The wolves roared back in curses, words that his mom would never let him say. He could hear some of the more aggressive pack members starting their ways towards him. Quickly, he buckled his pants and put a paw to Liam's back. Go, go, go! He whispered, rushing the wolf forward. I saw your butt, Liam said, turning his head up to look at him. There was a small smile curving his muzzle. Adam hissed, I told you not to look, while unable to hold back a grin. 
That night, they slept inside the settlement. Liam was softly snoring with his back sunk into Adam's chest. As the boy slept, the Pine Martin thought of what they had been through to get here. He thought of the monsters of the daylight, the ones that roamed this post-apocalyptic wasteland. Some monsters had four legs and some had eight. Others stood upright and walked on two. Some monsters had big fangs and sharp claws. Others wore wicked smiles and dismissive faces. Some monsters were evil, others more so. Adam wasn't going to let any of them hurt Liam ever again. He curled around the cub, promised that into his fur, and closed his eyes. They'd be heading home soon enough. And when Adam dreamt, it wasn't of his brothers and sisters. He couldn't see his mom and dad, though he understood they were always there for him. With their love in his heart, he dreamt of Liam. He dreamt of the adventures he would have with his new family. They left that next morning, mountains behind them, home ahead. This was the second and final part of Monsters of the Daylight by Dirt Coyote. Read for you by Tecom Ironhoof, the Equine Charm. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.